Father, stand on your feet. Let's pray real quick. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. You're a wonderful king and a wonderful savior. We love you for being our God. We thank you for every opportunity you give us to know you and to come closer to you, to be intimate as the worship was already spoken with you. And so, Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share with your people. Touch the ears of your people. Open the ears of your people and help them to hear what you have to say, not what Irvin Scott has to say, but what you have to say for them today. We thank you and we praise you. Bless the leader of this flock, our leader, we pray in Jesus' name. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Before you sit down, before you, oh, y'all sitting down too fast, too fast. Give an honor to Bishop Green and Lady Green in their absence. We thank God for them. To Mother Green, so great to see, always a blessing to see her. All the elders, thank God for my wife, Keisha. Keisha Nicole, that's my wife right there, y'all. My wife, Keisha, and my son, Irvin. God is good, and he's worthy to be praised. I'm going to read um, several scriptures as my text, and then I'm going to jump right into the word today. Um, Deuteronomy 6 and 9, Luke 8 and 18, Revelations 3 and 20. Deuteronomy 6 and 9. Let me just tell you, I'm going to give you several scriptures. You probably won't be able to find, follow me as quickly as I'm going to give them to you. So if you have a pen or a pencil, write it down and go back to it. Also, don't feel like you have to read it from the slide because it's a full slide and it might be hard to read. But do write the scripture down or take a picture of it. And I know that they, serve, they save these slides from messages that you can go online and, and capture. Um, but let me just read the scriptures that I have as sort of a text. Um, can we thank the worship team this church? Y'all have an, we have an anointed worship team, and I thank God for them. Every time I hear them, I'm blessed by them. It's an honor to sing with them. Deuteronomy 6 and 9. These words I am commanding you today are to, are to be upon your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children and speak them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up, tie them as reminders on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them. Everybody say, write them. <laughs> write them on the doorpost of your houses and on your gates. This is a scripture. These are words giving, being given to the Israelite people when God is delivering them. The last verse, write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates. I'm going to Luke 8 and 18. Therefore, take heed how you hear. 
Everybody say, hear. Take heed how you hear, for whoever has, to him more will be given. And then Revelations 3 and 20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him and he with me. If you go back to the first slide, the one right before this, this is the subject I want to speak Spiritual journaling, a road to intimacy with God. Everybody say spiritual journaling. Spiritual journaling, spiritual journaling a road to intimacy with God. That, that, that second song that I sang, I sang specifically to talk about intimacy. Now go to the third slide. How many of you have been, well, you don't have to show your hands. I don't want to put anybody out there. Um, but um, Bishop gave us this booklet not too long ago uh, called Reset. And he asked me to speak from the 13th day. And the 13th day is about journaling. Amen? Okay, if y'all quiet this whole time, y'all gonna scare me. So, amen? Beautiful. The 13th, that's me. The 13th day, got it from a little baby. The 13th day is about journaling. And he said to me, texted me, he and I text often. He said, can you speak on the 17th about journaling? Um, he said, second service. I said, sure, Bishop. I said, um, absolutely. He had no idea that one of the ways that the Lord speaks to me in powerful ways is through journaling. And so when he asked me, I was like, absolutely, positively, I will. This is a blessing. It gives me an opportunity to share what the Lord has done through me through journaling. Now, I love singing. I love shouting. I love praising the Lord. I love running around. I grew up in a church, and I, I was shouting when I was just a little. When I didn't know what shouting was, I was shouting. That's just what you did in the Church of God in Christ. If you were a little kid, you would shout. You like, okay, I can do that. You shout because everybody else was shouting. So I love doing all of those things. But one of the ways that God had begun to speak to me that wasn't singing, that wasn't shouting, that wasn't uh, directing a choir was through journaling. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I didn't expect to be spoken to through journaling. But he said, that's the way I'm speaking to you. And when Bishop asked me to speak about it, I said, that must be God because God has been doing this in my life for many, many years. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how I do it, why I do it, and what the Lord does through me, through journaling. Now, the first thing I want to say, uh, let me just go real quick to a couple of scriptures. I said I was going to give you a couple of scriptures real fast, and these aren't even up there. But... The beautiful thing about journaling is that I feel there's a manifestation of journaling in the Bible itself. You look at 2 Timothy 4 and 13. Paul is speaking to Timothy, and he says this to Timothy. He says, bring the cloak that I have left with Carpus at Troas when you come, and the books, especially the parchments, he said. 
And the parchments at that time were things like a notepad that you would use to write. So he said, Timothy, bring me all of these things, but especially bring the thing that I use to write what God says to me. Amen? Luke 8 and 18 says, therefore take heed how you hear, for whoever has to him more will be given. The wonderful thing about what I think is tremendously important about journaling is it becomes a way that God speaks to us. Amen? And, and Luke, Luke reminded us that it's important that when God speak to, speaks to us that we actually capture what he says. Amen? And in Luke it says, therefore take heed how you hear for whoever has to him more will be given. So if I receive what God has said to me and I find a way to capture what God says to me and I don't forget it, then there is a greater likelihood that he will give me more. Oh my goodness, hallelujah. But if he speaks to me and I forget it, he's like, oh, I got to refill them again. Gave them a word, they, 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 they forgot it. And so one of the reasons why journaling has become important to me is because it's become a way for me to capture what God says. And when I capture what God says through a journal, then I am more ready to receive more that he has for me. Be careful how you hear. In this book, it's a beautiful book in the journal section, he gives a metaphor. The journal section, if you've read it, I think th day 13 is today. And he gives a metaphor that was a powerful metaphor. Because the metaphor, he said, he uses is football. And it was, that was a blessing too, because I love football. I do now, I have always loved football. And he says, journaling is like receive, like a quarterback throwing to a receiver. I was like, what does he mean by that? And I said, I kept reading. And he said, if a quarterback throws to a receiver and the receiver drops the ball, then the quarterback gets frustrated by that. It's like, oh, my goodness. He dropped the ball. The quarterback maybe winces. Oh, my good gracious. Think, everybody have Tom Brady in your mind at this time. So quarterback throws to the receiver. He drops the ball. The quarterback gets upset. But the quarterback is probably going to throw, him, throw the ball again to him. So he throws the ball to him. He drops it again. Now the quarterback is really upset. After about three drops, the quarterback is like, number 85, I'm not throwing it to you. One of the reasons why Julian Edelman, if I can just use, just go all in on the analogy. One of the reasons why Julian Edelman gets thrown to so much it's because it doesn't matter what position Julian Edelman is in, he usually finds a way to capture the ball. And that's similar to what Jesus does for us and what God does for us. If I send you a word and you don't catch it, oh my goodness, you're not capturing what I, what I sent you. And, and if, I, if, he, if the better you get at capturing it, the more you can expect him to send you a word. Oh, hallelujah. So journaling for me and journaling for others becomes a way 
of capturing what God sends to me. I capture it and I write it down because chances are I'm going to need it further into the game. Can I get an amen? Go to the next slide. There's a difference. I, I want to just be really clear about something. So this message, let me just, just say real quick. This message is intended to be super practical. What do I mean by that? I want to give you something that you can leave here and work on tomorrow to become stronger and closer to God. Period. New paragraph. That's the goal. The one thing that I want you to understand about journaling, there t I would say, the Lord, when Lord was giving me this message, he said, Irvin, uh, keep in mind, so many words, that there are two types of journaling, and I want you to focus on spiritual journaling. There is journaling that is just your typical journaling. I just journal, right? And I have the description up here. Uh, consistent practice of written reflection. How many people journal? Raise your hand. You just journal occasionally. All right, great, great. Consistent practice of written reflection based on some topic usually related to daily life or experience. I journal about my profession. I journal about relationships. You may journal about your job. You may journal about schooling. Nothing wrong with that. Continue to do it. What I'm talking about is spiritual journaling. Here's the difference. It is a consistent practice of written reflection on how God shows up in my life. Not just writing about circumstances, but writing about how God moves in my life. It's based on experiences related to daily life with the word as the foundation and the lids. And the lens. Everybody say the word. The wonderful thing I think about spiritual journaling, journaling and the distinguishing characteristic between spiritual journaling, journaling and just basic journaling is spiritual journaling is based on the word of God. Hard to do spiritual journaling without the word of God. Amen? Bishop has been talking about encounter, encounters. He's been talking about the importance of having encounters. And I, I thought to myself, the Lord moved in my spirit and said, it is also a way of tracking the encounters that we have with God, with the Lord. So it is, a, it is a, an experience, it is a practice that is founded on the word of God. In natural journaling, you have circumstances, and you could, I could imagine you writing in a natural sort of basic journal without a spiritual perspective. You have a difficult experience, you're, let's say you're struggling financially. How many people have, have been there, struggling financially? Been there, been there many, many, many times. And so in a natural journal, you would just write Something like, today, March 17th, I am broke. <laughs> y'all laughing because y'all been there. Some of y'all journaled that. <laughs> I am broke. I have no money. Struggling. Difficult times. If you... <laughs> You're in the church, you might continue to write and say, oh, can't pay my tithes because I need to feel, feed my baby. I need to put shoes on the children. 
that becomes sort of a natural way of just reflecting on your experiences. In a spiritual journal, you remember scriptures like Isaiah 59 and 19 that says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against them. And so instead of saying, I am broke, you start off with, and I, I, I went back to some of my journals. I have a few of them here, and you'll see I have the picture of all of them, or a lot of them. You'll start off with the journal with, I am broke but blessed. I am struggling, but I'm delivered. And see, the, the wonderful thing about journaling about that is I don't I was thinking about this, and I need some of y'all who really know the Bible to tell me to tell me this or not the truth about this. I don't know if the devil can read. I don't know if he can read or not. But what I know is when the Lord speaks into my spirit, if I don't capture it and put it down on paper, then I run the risk of forgetting it and guaranteed, like I just said, that time will come again. And I need to be able to go back and say, you know what, Lord, you did it back then. When I had that experience five years ago, you can do it today. And it just helps me. It just helps me to be able to find that on a piece of paper. Something that I wrote down that the Lord spoke to me about and that I live out. Amen? So there's a difference between spiritual journaling and just regular journaling. Spiritual journaling requires the word of God. And it is the foundation the word becomes the foundation for the journal. Go to the next slide. Next slide, we talk about real quick intimacy because what we're trying to do, what you're ultimately trying to do is become intimate with God, have a deep abiding relationship with God. And I love this particular definition of intimacy found by Marissa Fratzmier, where she says, yada, the Hebrew word meaning to know is used multiple times throughout scripture for a variety of different topics. However, when the term is used to define the yada in the Hebrew as the relationship between man and God, it speaks to a deep intimacy that the father longs to have with his children. One of the reasons why I find it's tremendously important to have one, an, a way of tracking what God is setting, saying to me is that it draws me closer to him. That's why I started off the song. Draw me closer to him so that I can have an intimate relationship with him. And so the big question in the next slide becomes this. And I'll speed through these three points that I want you to understand. How might spiritual journaling help me create intimacy with God? That becomes the question. Number one reason. Number, way, number one way, it helps me track the word in my life. Everybody say the word. the word. It helps me track the word in my life. I love this particular scripture in Proverbs 7, 1 and 5. My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live in my law as the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman, kinswoman, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger 
which flattereth with her words. If you look at that, that, that third verse, it's a, a very, very powerful verse because it speaks about taking the word that God gives us and binding it on, in our heart and writing about it. And in this particular, this particular story, this young man did not bind that word in his heart. And right after this scripture happens, he runs into temptation. One of the reasons why it's tremendously important to get this word in you and to write about it and to become intimate with it is you're going to come into it. You're going to have experiences in life where you need the word in order to get through the experience. Amen. He gets in this particular scripture. The example was given through this young man. You can look at the experience more deeply by looking at um, the scripture itself. But you need the word in order to have Victory through the experience. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, For without faith, it is impossible to please God. Thank you, God. And then Romans 10 and 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, everybody say hearing, hearing. and hearing by the word of God. So if we need faith in order to be successful in life, then we need to be able to hear the word and we need to be able to record the word so that God can live through us. Amen? So the first thing about and the first thing about the importance of journaling is it helps us to understand how the word manifests itself in our lives. I don't believe God wants his people to live without deep interaction with the word. Just can't happen. And journaling can be a way to go deeper into the word as God manifests the word in your life. Amen? Amen. Second reason. Go to the next slide. Oh, I love the, I, I just Go back to that slide. The reason why I put this slide this way, I'm a, I was telling my wife I'm a visual learner. Oftentimes, we look at the word and we look at life as, as two different experiences. What I believe God is calling us to do is look at the word and our life as one experience. God is going to lead, God is going to use life to manifest the word in you. So every circumstance that he gives us is an opportunity to understand his word in our life. Can I get an amen? So life is not here, daily life is not here, and the word is over here. God is calling for them to be one. And one of the ways that God has blessed me to make that happen is by reading the word, living life, and then writing about both of them at the same time. Everybody see that? Writing about both of them at the same time. I'm struggling on the job. Let me write about. I'm struggling on the job. Let me write about what God says about my struggle. Amen? Struggling in relationship. Let me write about what God says about relationship. But it's hard to write about it if you're not in the word. What you will do when you write is just write about the experience. The goal is to write about the word and the experience. If I'm saying the truth, can I get a unified amen? But you have to get in the word. We used to sing a song when I was growing up. We sing songs. Songs that for the same thing over and over. 
but it got into you. And this song was this. Get in the word and stay there till Jesus come. Get in the word and stay there till Jesus come. You don't have to sing. Get in the word and stay there till Jesus come. We just said, we just said that over and over and over again. I'm like, Mom, does it have verses? <laughs> that is the chorus and the verse. Get in the word and stay there till Jesus come. Before I'm done preaching, we might sing that. But the point is, oh, man, life in Jesus Christ cannot be lived without this. And you can try to do it all you want to, but I'm going to tell you just to show us my name is Irvin Leon Scott. You're going to struggle. Life is a struggle enough without this. But with this, I feel like I can make it. <laughs> and you know what? That's why I like journaling. Because what journals do, I get the struggle in life. And then I get the word. And God said, I ain't supposed to be struggling with that thing. But I am struggling with that thing. But God said, I'm supposed to be victorious. But I stay frustrated. But God said... So what I do is I get in the middle of this. I said, God said, life. God said, life. I'm going to write about this. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of all. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Wait a minute, life. Life, you got to follow what God says about me. But if you don't have the word, then you just spend the time struggling over life. Look at your neighbor and say, whether you know it or not, he's preaching. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do this without this. <laughs> you can't do the, you can't do life. Look at your neighbor. I, I, we might as well go back to the neighbor and say, neighbor, you can't do life without the word. You're trying to do life by yourself. Life was written about in here. How to walk in life is all written out in here. Get in the word and stay there. I'm sorry. Let's try it one more time. Just one time. My, when I first did it, my wife was the only one she said, Tell Jesus come. That's my sweet Keisha. But I want you all to do it. I'm going to say Get in the word and stay there. And all you have to do is say, tell Jesus come. You can do it if you're alto, you do it there. All right? If you're tenor, you're like, I can't get that, brother. Tell Jesus come. Just give me something back. Get in the word and stay there. Tell Jesus come. Oh, we're we the musician. We're going to sing that before we're done. So what's your point? My point is, life is here. The word is here. Find ways to close the loop. Because the enemy will speak through life and try to tell you things counter what God said about you. But when you get in the word, oh, I got to move to my next point. I'm just telling y'all how the Lord, the Lord has blessed me to live through journaling. I, this is just me. I'm, I think I might be preaching to myself, but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. 
When you get the word in you, then you get to a position where you speak to life. We spend a lot of time speaking to God about life. God said, I wrote a whole book about life. Let me tell you about life. How you going to tell me about your struggles? I made struggles, and I made them victorious, too. Oh, my God. Let me move on. I'm getting caught up. I got two more points. They moved the slide along. That was a way of saying, move the number two. <laughs> number two. It helps me to track the seasons of my life. The first one is it closed the loop between life and what God says about life. The second one is it helps me track the seasons of my life. Scripture, scripture, scripture. Ecclesiastes to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Luke 4 and 13, and when the devil had ended all the temptations, he departed from him for a, everybody say, season. season. And let us, Galatians 6 and 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season, everybody say, season. season. We shall reap if we faint not. Oh, I love Malachi. 3 and 11 and 12. I will prevent pests from, in the New, New International Version, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. And the vines in your fields will not drop their fruits before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. The thing that is tremendously important about number two is that life is cyclical. There are seasons to life. God is brilliant. One of the reasons why I think he makes seasons in real life is because he wants us to understand that there are seasons in our life. There are seasons where it feels like ain't nothing happening. Dry season. There are seasons where it seems really difficult and dark when it seems cold. But God, the reason why journaling is tremendously important, or it has been important for me, is because it helps me to go back and ask the question, what season am I living in? And one of the challenges of life, spiritual life, is you can act in one season when it's not that season for you to act. Oh my goodness. Psalms 43 and 5, why... My soul, or thou downcast, why so disturbed with me, within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. What I, what I, really, what I really appreciate about Malachi 3, 11 and 12, and I'm almost done, is that the Lord is speaking... The word, the word of God is being spoken here, and it says, I will read it again. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. I love that scripture because it says to me that there are times when 
I want something to happen. But it's not the right season for it to happen. And if it were to happen then, it would not last. It would be destroyed. And sometimes we pray for things and we're like, God, do it now. Please do it now. Come through Jesus. And God in his word is teaching us that I know everything about you. And I know what you can handle and what you can't handle. And if I were to give you that thing you were saying now about you, it would not only not be a blessing, it would destroy you. But if you write things down, remember the word in life, if you write things down, then you will have a, you can have a tendency to go back and track how God has spoken to you throughout life. As a matter of fact, if you go to the next slide, let me give you an example. Go to the next slide real quick. So, so, so the Lord spoke to me uh, many years ago and uh, placed in my spirit as a young teacher. I think at the time I was a high school principal. High school principal. And uh, the Lord placed a desire in my spirit. Um, look at your neighbor real quick and say, neighbor, God will give you desires. Keep talking to him and say, and if he does, he knows when to bring them to pass. Oftentimes, God will give us a desire way before it's expected for it. He ever expected it to come. You say, what are you talking about, Brother Scott? So I brought one of my journals. Let me just tell you, this is one of my journals. See the year on that, 2004, 2005. It's from, I, I use My Utmost for His Highest by uh, um, Oswald Chambers. It's one of the journals that I use. And it has the word, it's deep in the word, but also gives you an opportunity to write on the side. So back in 2004, 2005, God gave me a desire, and the desire was to one day go to Harvard and get my doctorate at the Harvard Graduate School of Education because I wanted to be a large urban superintendent one day. And God gave me that desire, and when I got the desire, like we typically are, when, I, when we get desire, I'm pretty sure, I was going to Souls for the Kingdom at the time, probably, or Emmanuel Church of God in Christ. I am sure that I started shouting when I got to church. Because God placed something in my spirit. It was something that I was looking forward to. I thought it was a great honor. I'm sure that I was excited. And then I was looking in my journal on March the 20th, which was the time that I was expected to be, to hear back from Harvard Graduate School of Education. And I wrote this, today is Sunday. Some of y'all chuckling because you know. <laughs> Today is Sunday. Last week was challenging. Yet a victorious week. I found out last week that I was not accepted to Harvard as I had hoped and prayed I would be. I said prayed. This is me writing in my journal. I, like I'm talking to somebody else. I'm talking to me. 
I said prayed because I was indeed prayerful about God's will for my life. I am now sitting here on my steps looking for God to lead us because it wasn't just me. It was Keisha, it was Irvin, it was Leon and Nicholas. And so my journaling, here's the other thing about journaling. Journaling ain't always just about you. What God gives you is not always just about you. Others are also in a position to receive what. I was sitting on my steps. Let me go get my journal. I was sitting on the steps writing this, y'all, back in 2004, 2005. I said prayed because I was indeed prayerful about God's will for my life. I am now sitting here on my steps looking for God to lead us in our next steps. I am determined to follow him. At this time, I will get up. That's what I wrote. I will get up and take steps in the direction of God. 2004, 2005. I was reading that this morning. I was like, I'm going to preach about journaling, Lord. If I, is it okay if I share some of my thoughts? Like, go ahead. That's why I put them in you. I didn't put them in you just for you. And then I was like, Lord, I wrote about not receiving it. And I wrote about the fact that I knew that this was what you had for me. I wrote about it. I was intimate trying to talk to you about my hurt and pain. That's the other thing about journaling. Journaling is not just for rejoicing. Journaling is for honesty. This is how I'm feeling. Everybody say intimacy. Anybody you intimate with, you tell them everything. And if you're seeking intimacy with Jesus, you have to tell him when you're hurting and when you're excited. Because he can take both of them, y'all. And so I wrote that on my steps, Crossfield Drive, and said, I'm going to get up because I got a family waiting for me. And then I went through the journal, Sister Ray, and I was trying to find out where I wrote that I got accepted. And I couldn't find it. The next time I remember saying anything about it, I, I would go to it, but I, I don't want to take too much time. The next thing I remember saying anything about it was actually writing, I'm in Somerville, Massachusetts with Keisha. We are looking for a place to live. I didn't say anything about the fact that I was accepted. See, sometimes it is not about the product God is after. He's after the process. He's not just after you being able to say, I got it, I got it, I got it. He's after you saying, I got him, I got him, I got him, I got him. Through thick and thin, I got him. My God, my God, don't make me preach, y'all. Brother Cameron, I feel like preaching now, but I got to close. See, I thought it was about Harvard. It ain't about Harvard. God said it's about me. Come after me and I'll give you everything you want. Somebody shout hallelujah. I got to run real quick. I got to run. I'll be right back, but I got to run, y'all. I got to run. I got to run. I got to run. Don't make me preach. <laughs> Somebody say yeah. yeah. 
Y'all think it's about the destination, but God said it ain't about the destination. The destination is me. Say it. Hallelujah. You say, Brother Scott, does that mean I can't pray about this thing? No, you keep on praying. But if the thing doesn't bring you closer to Jesus, it probably ain't what he wants you to have. But if every step you go towards the thing, you find Jesus in front of you, keep on walking. <laughs> oh my God, I'm sorry. I, I got one more point and I'm sweating like I don't know what. So everybody say seasons. It's important to journal because you can go back and track what season you're in. And then my last point, my last point, number three, it helps me to know if I'm prospering in Christ or not. The word is the goal. Everybody say, the word is the goal. The word is the goal. Oh my goodness, y'all. Y'all were just screaming and hollering. I said, the word is the goal. <laughs> say, the word is the goal. The goal is the word, and that's what we're after. God uses life to take us to the word, which in the beginning was the word, and the word was God. We're going after God. We're going after the word. God uses life for us to go after the word, and journaling becomes a way for us to track our progress, or it has been for me. Let me give you some scripture real quick, and then I'm finished. We're going to stand. We're going to stand. We're going to pray. 2 John 1, 1 and 3. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. Everybody say prosper. prosper. I don't believe, I don't believe God wants us to be, how many people work out? All right. Okay, I saw, I need to see more hands the next time we, <laughs> but here's what I appreciate. I appreciate y'all telling the truth. Don't raise it if it ain't the truth. But we, y'all know, you know, we got stationary bikes. Um, and I actually am using one of those quite faithfully now because this knee, which I messed up uh, playing against that young man right there and his friends, I was 40 something, they were still in their teens. And I thought for sure I could make this layup and I went up and my, my leg went backwards and I had to get it re I had to get my ACL replaced um, and so I'm working on a stationary back night because when I work on treadmill it just begins to act up it just hurts me um, you say what's your point my point is with a stationary bike you don't go anywhere <laughs> you working hard but you ain't going you, I go into the gym and I kid y'all not I go into the gym and I get on the bike, and I work on that bike for 45 minutes straight. And the screen says that I went, I pedaled for 10 miles. But when I get off the bike, I'm in the same place. I'm like, I just came out that door. That's the same door. 
You know my point. My point is you can go through life like that too. You working hard, but you ain't getting nowhere. And that is not the will of God. I'm just telling you. I, don't shoot the messenger. The Lord just told me to give this word. It is not the will of God for you to be the same place you were last year, this year that you were five years ago. The devil is alive. God needs us to G-R-O-W. Everybody say grow. I wish above all that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospered. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee. Even as thou walkest in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Ephesians 4, 14 through 15. That we henceforth be no children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. I'm almost done. But I was like, Lord, one of the ways you have used journaling, besides closing the gap for me between life and what you said, besides understanding better what season I'm living in so I can fully take advantage of what you're doing in that season, is that you have allowed it to become a way that I track my progress, spiritually and otherwise. Because the beautiful thing about God is when you prosper spiritually, he has a way of prospering you financially, emotionally, relationally, mentally, and so, so much is driven by the spiritual growth that you experience. And I went to my journal and I was like, Lord, give me an example. I kid you not, this morning, I said, Lord, give me an example of spiritual growth and I can share the people. And I looked it up and I found one of my journals. This is one of the unorthodox journals. I got to go. I got a heap of them. I didn't just do Oswald Chambers. I did this one. This one's on my own. And in uh, January the 1st, 2013, this is what I said. Thank God it's another year. This is six years ago. And I am so glad about it. We had a wonderful Watch night service. We sat in the overflow. This is at Harvest Church in Woodbridge, Virginia. We sat in the overflow and we were blessed. Irvin, that ain't me. <laughs> that would be that brother right there. Irvin attended service in Glenarden Baptist with his friends. Then they went out. And then I said, all in all, <laughs> I am grateful. Let me tell you why. And I asked him before I, before I told him I was going to pray. I said, can I talk about you today? He said, go right ahead. I'm talking about progress. Back in 2013, 